0: history, and the Most High, Yahuwah, chose for us to be here and now, a time when knowledge has increased and many go to and fro. We find ourselves in the time of the end according to the book of Daniel, and as we have seen, comes with both blessings and spiritual trials like no other. The book of Revelation, the field manual to the end times, tells us what to expect and how to prepare, but was obscured from the generations with parables and hidden understandings just waiting for these last days to be unsealed. While we may also not get everything right, we will be leaning on the Spirit of Truth of the Most High, Yahuwah Sebaoth, in the name of Yahusha HaMashiach, to reveal to us the proper understanding. For who knows if you have come to the Kingdom for such a time as this? and sisters welcome to the parable of the vineyard youtube live stream book of revelation line-by-line study my name is adam your host and i welcome you this week is part 13 and we're going to be talking about the two witnesses and the angel scene in revelation chapter 10 the study will be based off of uh, revelation chapter 10 and 11 and i know that the two witnesses is a really hot topic it's something that is highly contested highly debated and uh, information that's highly sought after Uh, so what we'll be doing tonight is we'll be going through revelation 10 which leads into uh, Revelation 11 and the Two Witnesses. But uh, what I will do is for those of you that are eager just to get to the Two Witnesses, I will be leaving a uh, pinned comment in the comment section with a timestamp to where you can fast forward if you want to get straight to the uh, Two Witnesses information. But uh, the neat thing, if you do want to watch it all the way through, the neat thing is Revelation, uh, the end of Revelation 10 um, of gives you some information pertinent information uh, before we get into about the two about the witnesses before we get into the two witnesses so uh, any case with that being said again I welcome you if this is your first time here Uh, we do these uh, studies live at 8 p.m central standard time uh, every uh, Friday at uh, 8 pm Central Center time on this channel uh, this week however this is pre-recorded um, I am currently in Salem Indiana visiting mother and my mother and uh, family and uh, so I'm I apologize I'm not here live with you this week but um, we'll be back at it next Friday live as we get into Revelation chapter 12 which quite frankly was the uh the highlight in the beginning of this channel so i'm really eager to revisit revelation 12 next week with you so but before we do that let's um let's get this uh, study started and uh we'll start off with some prayer and um the blessing and shofar blast in anticipation for that great shofar uh the great uh, day of that trumpet so um let's bow our hearts heavenly father yahuwah we just come before you in yahusha's name And we just thank you so much for the King of Kings you've given us and drawn us back unto you. And thank you so much for opening our eyes and ears in these last days. And we pray that as we go through this study, that you um, just show us with your spirit, with your Ruach, uh, what is the truth. And um, we just thank you for this opportunity to study together. And we are anxiously awaiting Yahusha's return. Uh, We bless you in his name. Amen and amen. And uh, so, Yevarechecha Ya'er panav elecha vechnuneka Yesa panav elecha veyashem lecha shalom In English, it's yahweh bless you and keep you. yahweh make His face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. yahweh lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace, a.k.a. shalom. And that is the um, blessing found in Numbers uh, chapter 6. Verses 24 through 26, the AKA the Aaronic blessing. So let's do a shofar blast, one of my favorite parts of uh, these uh, gatherings, and uh, we'll get started.
1: <clears throat> okay.
0: Brothers and sisters, let's get right into it and I am excited for this one. This should be pretty interesting. You know, for those of you that have been following this uh, study uh, since the beginning, we're on part 13 now. Uh, In part one, we talked a little bit about the two witnesses and uh, at that time it was new information for a lot of you and uh, there's even more information that um, while doing this study, I do believe that Yah had given me to add into this study to give another perspective but the same conclusion so uh, it's really interesting the um, for those of you that haven't seen that uh, you may be pleasantly surprised you your current understanding may be challenged and that's a good thing we should uh, always want to uh, to challenge those things and to study them out and see what the word actually says because I do believe that we have grown up with um, a lot of lies a lot of lies, and quite frankly, no matter what we talk about tonight, uh, one of the biggest lies that uh, Yah has been uh, exposing and revealing the truth to us about is the truth uh, that Messiah Yahusha uh, came and fulfilled the law, but did not do away with the law. He actually, um, by believing in Him, He's reconciled us back to the Father and uh, given us of His Spirit, and that Spirit um is supposed to lead us unto all truth and we know that the truth is defined by the scriptures as the torah and the keeping of his commandments so praise be to yahuwah praise be to his son yahusha our king of kings and um man just uh very uh, very thankful for his torah which is the is the light all right so let's uh do a screen share and we'll get into revelation chapter 10 and again we will be reading from the sufferer version and we will be cross-referencing with uh, several other versions including the Septuagint which plays a big role in tonight's study as we get into Daniel 12. Um, there's some hidden pieces in there so that's just how it goes so here we go revelation chapter 10 and i saw another mighty angel come down from heaven Clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire, and he had in his hand a little sephir book. Little book open, and he set his right foot upon the sea, and his left foot upon the earth, and cried with a loud voice, as when a lion roars. And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not and the angel which i saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven and swore to him that lives for ever and ever who created heaven and the things that there are in therein are and the earth and the things that are that therein are and the sea and the things which are therein that there should be time no longer But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of Yah should be finished, as he has declared to his servants the prophets. And the voice which I heard from heaven spoke unto me again, and said, Go, and take the little sephir, which is open in the hand of the angel which stands upon the sea and upon the earth. And I went unto the angel, and said unto him, Give me the little sephir. And he said unto me, Take it, and eat it up and it shall make your belly bitter but it shall be in your mouth sweet as honey and I took the little sephir out of the angel's hand and ate it up and it was in my mouth sweet as honey and as soon as I had eaten it my belly was bitter and he said unto me you must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings so now let's back up and let's dig through this line by line and see what's really being said here so first off let's look at the identity of this angel now we talked a little about this last week but we're gonna dive into it a little bit further uh, one of the one of the biggest arguments we'll see here against this angel being Messiah husha is that there's a scripture that says that uh, you know he was made a little lower um, made a little lower than the angels but was raised into glory Um and we know that Yahusha is way above all the angels. Um, but I think what we'll find here is that he is the angel of Yahuwah, as we've seen all throughout the Old the Old Testament through, I don't even like calling it the Old Testament, calling it through all the scriptures. He is, I do believe he is the angel of Yahuwah. And uh, so let's talk a little bit about that. So let's break this down. So um, I'm going to pull up some verses here and show you line by line that this is uh, Yahusha our Messiah so Revelation 1 7 says behold he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him and they which pierced him and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him even so amen let's not forget that the entire book of Revelation is what the revelation of Yahusha HaMashiach. it's the revelation of him it's the revealing of him that's this whole book so he cometh with clouds right so here we go and i saw another mighty angel come down from heaven clothed with a cloud that honestly should be enough right there but uh let's not stop there the next part is and a rainbow was upon his head so let's take a look at ezekiel 128 as the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud that's the rainbow in the day of rain so was the appearance of the brightness round about, and this was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of Yahuwah, and when I saw it I fell upon my face, and I heard a voice of one that spake. The next part and his face was as it were the sun. Most of you already know uh, in the Mount of Transfiguration, Matthew seventeen two states, and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light, right? And the last part, and his feet as pillars of fire, right? So his like, feet and legs were like burning up, right? So Revelation 1, 13 through 15 reads, And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, right? messiah clothed with a garment down to the foot and girt about the paps with a golden girdle his head and his hairs were white as wool as white as snow and his eyes were as a flame of fire and his feet like unto fine brass as if they burned in a furnace so that's what we're seeing here right his feet is pillars of fire so his feet here right his feet as as if they burned in a furnace and his the voice as the sound of many waters so going to so it should be no doubt in your mind who this is at this point but just to keep going Revelation 10, 2 states, and he had in his hand a little book, a little sephir, open, and he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot upon the earth. So he had a a book in his hand, right? So let's take a look at who has this book. Revelation 5, 1 through 7 reads, And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. And no man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, hath prevailed to open the book, and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood a Lamb as at, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of Elohim sent forth into all the earth. And he, right, the lamb, <clears throat> and he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And as we saw a few weeks ago, it uh, also was Messiah Husha that was opening the seals from this book. And so therein we do have... Um, the identity of messiah being the one that has this little book in his hand open right so let's talk a little bit more about messiah being this mighty angel which is this declared as the angel of yahuwah genesis 32 22 through 30 and he rose up that night, and this is Jacob, right, Yaakov, and took his two, two wives and his two women women servants and his eleven sons and passed over the ford Jabbok. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, "I will not let, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me." And he said unto him, "What is thy name?" And he said, "Jacob, Yaakov." And he said, "Thy name shall no more shall be called no more Yaakov, but Yashrael, for as a prince hast thou power with Elohim, and with men, and hast prevailed." And Yaakov asked him and said, "Tell me, I pray thee, thy name." And he said. Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Yaakov called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen Elohim face to face, and my life is preserved. Now we also do know that Messiah Yahusha said that no man has seen the Father at any time. So Jacob saw Elohim. Is this Elohim the Father or Elohim the Son? Well, I believe it's the Son. Let's take another look. Another example. <clears throat> Exodus 3, 1-6. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of Elohim, even to Horeb, Mount Sinai, and the angel of Yahuwah, right? It's called in the KJV, it's angel of the Lord, but the angel of Yahuwah appeared, um, and I just want to make you know, make mention, it says the angel, not an angel, but the angel the angel of Yahweh appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moshe said, "I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt." And when Yahweh saw that he turned aside to see, Elohim called unto him out of the midst of the bush, and said, "Moshe, Moshe," and he said, "Here am I." So we hear, we see here that. It was the angel of Yahuwah appeared into the flame, and the same angel of Yahuwah is also Elohim, is God, right? Elohim, the son. And he said, draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, "I am the El- I right. This is the angel of Yahuwah. I am the Elohim of thy father, the Elohim of Avraham, the Elohim of Yitzchak, and the Elohim of Yaakov." And Moshe hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon Elohim. So this transitions into one other scene I want to bring up. Actually, there's two more, but uh, this one ties right into it. You know, with there's only two places we see where um, someone is asked to uh, take off their shoes for their standing on holy ground. Actually, did he ask Gideon to do that too? I can't remember. In any case, so if that's not the case, forgive me. Uh, Joshua five thirteen through 15, And it came to pass, when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua, his name is Yahusha, went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay. But as the captain of the host of Yahuwah am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship, and said unto him, What saith my Adonai unto his servant? And the captain of Yahuwah's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. And we know that in Revelation, um, you know, uh, John was rebuked when he was, you know, worshiping the angel. Um, so, anyways, so. Let's keep going. Zechariah 3, 6 through 7 reads, And the angel of Yahuwah protested unto Joshua, saying, this is different Joshua, Thus saith Yahuwah Sebaot, If you will walk in my ways, and if you will keep my charge, then thou shalt judge my house, and shalt keep my courts, and I will give thee places to walk among these that stand by. And one last one, and we'll move on from this. But I just really want to drive home the point that uh, this angel here, right, is in fact Yahusha, and the scriptures back it up. Exodus 23, 20-23, Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not. This is the angel, right? For he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice, and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies, and an adversary unto thine adversaries. For mine angel shall go go before you, and bring you... Unto the Amorites, the Hittites, and the Perizzites, and the Canaanites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and I'll cut them off. So this is just like the ministry of Yahusha, right? He comes in his Father's name, right? He says, "My for my name is in him." He comes in his Father's name and comes in doing his Father's will. His doctrine is not his own, but his Father's. It's all the same stuff over and over again. So let's keep going because we have a lot to cover tonight. Uh, Revelation ten three reads and cried. So this is the same angel. This is Yahusha. Cried with a loud voice as when a lion roars. Because remember, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah as when a lion roars and when he had cried seven thunders uttered their voices so we're going to take a quick look at Jeremiah 25:30. now we're going to read a little more of Jeremiah 25 in just a minute to get you the whole context but just to show you where this was uh, prophesied to happen um, there Jeremiah 25:30 reads therefore prophesy thou against them all these words and say unto them Yahweh shall roar, roar from on high and utter his voice voice from his holy habitation he shall mightily roar upon his habitation he shall give a shout as they that tread the grapes against all the inhabitants of the earth and we'll get a little more of that context here in a little bit but let's keep going now we're going to read revelation 10 4 through 7 and kind of break that down a little bit here because there's quite a bit to, to discuss here And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. Right? But the interesting part is, um, it was written, but it was sealed, but it's just in a different book. And that's just how Yahuwah's word is. Uh, It's, you know, line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, here, little there, little I that backwards but anyways um it's you know it's it's scattered right all his information is scattered it's like uh quite frankly i find it to be like a treasure hunt because uh i don't find too much joy in this world anymore but i find joy in digging into his word and i hope you do as well that's probably why you're here um so we're gonna find out actually what the seven thunders uttered, uttered uh, but, uh, before we do that, we'll keep reading. And the angel, which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth, lifted up his hand to heaven and swore by him that lives forever and ever who created heaven and the things that are there, that therein are and the earth and the things that therein are and the sea and the things which are therein that there should be time no longer. But in this case, kind of gives you a hint of what was actually uttered. But in this days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of Yah should be finished as he has declared to his servants, the prophets. So let's dig into this a little bit. So... This has happened before, and the great a great part I love about the Sephiroth is it gives you little notes here. Uh, this is absolutely true. This scene here was in Daniel 12. Now, because Daniel 12 is so short and so important, I'm going to read you uh, all of Daniel 12 uh, in the KJV, and I'm going to read it for you in the Septuagint because there's a lot of things that were in the Septuagint. I say a lot. There were some key points in the Septuagint that were taken out and not included in the Masoretic. And just in case you're new, the uh, Septuagint, uh, is the Greek the Greek translation uh, of the scriptures that were I think uh, recorded? Was it 300 BC or 200 BC? Um, I think it's 200 BC. And uh, the Masoretic is where we get like the the script from the KJV and and many others. That wasn't uh, that wasn't compiled until um, 1100 AD. So or 900 AD. Excuse me. Um, so the Septuagint is roughly 1100 years older. So um, some say more trustworthy. That's up for you. That's for you to decide. But not to get too far from the point, let's go read Daniel 12. We're reading the KJV, KJV first. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. This is the great tribulation, right? And at that time thy people shall be delivered, everyone that shall be found written in the book and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt and they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever what a beautiful passage something we should all be striving for but thou Daniel shut up the words and seal the book right so this is very similar to what we saw here um He said here, you know, seal up those things, which the seven thunders uttered, seven thunders uttered. So we're already seeing some, uh, some correlation here. And seal the book, even to the time of the end, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. And certainly we are living in those days. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood two other, the one on this side of the bank of the river, and the other on that side of the bank of the river. And he said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, How long shall it be to the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven, and swore by him that live forever, liveth forever and ever, right? So this is, uh, just to highlight this part, this is, um, here we go. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth, lifted up his hand, and swore by him that lives forever and ever, right? He held up his right hand and his left hand into heaven and swear by him that liveth forever and ever. Now this is what he says, that it shall be for a time, times, and in half. And when she, when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. And this is where we're going to read in the Septuagint, things are a little bit different. <clears throat> And I heard, but understood not. Then said I, O my Adonai, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed to the time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away, and the abomination that maketh desolate set up, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. Blessed is he that waiteth and cometh to the thousand three hundred and thirty-five days. But go thy way till the end be, for thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot at the end of the days. So let's take a look at this now in the Septuagint, and we'll see some interesting changes here or differences. So, and at that time, Michael the great prince shall stand up that stands over the children of thy people, and there shall be a time of tribulation, well, there's your word right there, such tribulation has not been from the time that there was a nation on the earth until that time, and at that time thy people shall be delivered, everyone that is written in the book, and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to reproach and everlasting shame." And the wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament and some of the many righteous as the stars forever and ever. And thou, Daniel, close the words and seal the book to the time of the end until many are taught and knowledge is increased. So this is a little different here. Um, And certainly I do believe with, um, you know, Yah allowing the Internet to come and, uh, you know, truth is able to be shared with people like i think like no other time in history i'm gonna be i'm gonna be frank um, and i think many are being taught i think many are being taught the wrong things just as well as many are being taught being taught the right things but regardless many are being taught right now and knowledge is increased what is knowledge the the fear of yah is the beginning of knowledge uh torah is the knowledge the truth of messiah Yehusha is knowledge And I, Daniel, saw, and behold, two others stood, one on the one side of the bank of the the river, and the other on the other side of the bank of the river. And one said to the man clothed in linen, who was over the water of the river, When will be the end of the wonders which thou hast mentioned? And I heard the man clothed in linen, who was over the water of the river, And he lifted up his right hand and his left hand to heaven, And swear by him that lives forever and ever, that it should be for a time of times and half a time now listen. When the dispersion is ended, this is the dispersion of the children of Israel, right? Which I do believe is has ended or slash is ending in the process of ending. They shall know all these things, and I think that definitely ties into uh, until many are taught and knowledge is increased. In any case, um, let's keep reading. And I heard, but I understood not. And I said, Oh Adonai, what will be the end of these things? And He said, Go, Daniel for the words are closed and sealed up to the time of the end many must be tested and i know a lot of us are going through this have been going through this will be going through this and thoroughly whitened and tried with fire and sanctified but the transgressors shall transgress and none of the transgressors transgressors shall understand but the wise shall understand And from the time of the removal of the perpetual sacrifice, when the abomination of desolation shall be set up, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. Blessed is he that waits and comes to the thousand three hundred and thirty five days. But go thou and rest for there are yet days and seasons to the fulfillment to the end. And thou shalt stand in thy lot at the end of the days. So, you know, I really want to get into this right here, especially, uh, you know, it shall be for a times and times and a half. Um. but we have so much to go over that, quite frankly, we can't go over this today. Uh, it'll just take too much time. But this will be coming uh, very shortly um, when we go over, uh, when, when we discuss more the 1260 days. The um, I will say what is interesting is the time, times, and half a time, if you take time, 364 days, times which is 364 times two Uh, so you've got three years right so one year two years and half a year you come up to 1260 days uh, which is interesting and it does tie into the 1260 days we see with uh, that we will see with the two witnesses coming up very very shortly so let's take a look at one more passage that also matches uh, this right here where it says uh, lifted up his hand and swore by him that lives forever and ever. Uh, let's take a look at that here in the other song of Moshe, another song of Moses in Deuteronomy 32. For Yahweh shall judge his people and repent himself for his servants when he seeth that their power is gone, which is really interesting. In Revelation uh, chapter 3, of the church of Philadelphia it, say, it says that for you has for you have had little strength but has kept my word right? So their little strength could be equivalent to their power is gone. See that their power is gone and there is none shut up or left. And he shall say, where are their gods, their rock in whom they trusted, which did eat the fatness of their sacrifices and drank the wine of their drink offerings. Let them rise up and help you and be your protection. See now that I, even I am he, and there is no God with me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. There is neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand here it is right here for i lift up my hand to heaven and say i live forever if i wet my glittering sword and mine hand take hold on judgment i will render vengeance to my enemies and i will reward them that hate me this ties in a lot to the last three four weeks of revelation we've been studying i will make mine arrows drunk drunk with blood and my sword shall devour flesh And that with the blood of the slain and of the captives, from the beginning of revenges upon the enemy, rejoice, O ye nations, with his people, for he will avenge the blood of his servants and will render vengeance to his adversaries and will be merciful unto his land and to his people. So, real quickly, uh, talking about his sword, talking about uh, his arrows, um, you know, just a quick recap of who his sword is, who his arrows are, let's talk about it, Zechariah nine thirteen through 15 this is just a recap from the last few weeks, when I have bent Judah for me, right, so Judah's the bow, filled the bow with Ephraim, Ephraim's the arrows, right, and raised up thy sons, O Zion, against thy sons, O Greece, and made thee as the sword of a mighty man, so uh, Judah and, and uh, Ephraim, so the whole house of Israel, essentially, is his sword of a mighty man, And Yahuwah shall be seen over them, and his arrow shall go forth as the lightning. And Yahuwah Elohim shall blow the trumpet, the shofar, and shall go with the whirlwinds of the south. Yahuwah Sevaot shall defend them, and they shall devour and subdue with sling stones. And they shall drink and make a noise through wine, and shall be filled like bowls, and as the corners of the altar. So, now I want to read... um, a passage in jeremiah 25 12 through 33 actually let me see how much time do we have here okay we'll be all right and it shall come to pass when 70 years are accomplished that i will punish the king of babylon and that nation saith yahuwah for their iniquity and the land of the chaldeans and will make it a perpetual desolations and I, and I will bring upon that land all my words which I have pronounced against it, even all that is written in this book which Jeremiah hath prophesied against all the nations. So that's the interesting part about Jeremiah is a lot of the prophecies for for that time and for the end times, just in a different uh, perspective. For many nations and great kings shall serve themselves of them also, and I will recompense them according to their deeds and according to the works of their own hands. For thus saith Yahuwah Elohim of Yashra'el unto me, Take the wine cup of this fury at my hand, and cause all the nations to whom I send thee to drink it. And they shall drink, and be moved, and be mad, because of the sword that I will send among them. And we just saw who that sword was. Then took I the cup at Yahuwah's hand, and made all the nations to drink unto whom Yahuwah had sent me. To wit, Jerusalem and the cities of Judah, and the kings thereof, and the princes thereof, to make them a desolation, and an astonishment, and hissing, and a curse, as it is this day. Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and his servants, and his princes, and all his people, and all the mingled people, and all the kings of the land of Uz, and all the kings of the land of the Philistines, and Ashkelon, and Azah, and Ekron, and the remnant of Ashdod, Edom, and Moab, and the children of Ammon, and all the kings of Tyrus, and all the kings of Zidon, and the kings of the isles which are beyond the sea, Dedan, and Tima, and booze and all that are in the utmost corners and all the kings of Arabia and all the kings of the mingled people that dwell in the desert and all the kings of Zimri and all the kings of Elam and all the kings of the Medes and all the kings of the north far and near one with another and all the kingdoms of the world which are upon the face of the earth and the king of Shishak shall drink after them. So this this hasn't happened yet, brothers and sisters. This is the entire world. Therefore, thou shalt say unto them, Thus saith Yahweh Sebaot, the Elohim of Yashuael, drink ye, and be drunken, and spew, and fall, and rise no more, because of the sword which I send among you. And it shall be, if they refuse to take the cup at thine hand to drink, then thou shalt say unto them, Thus saith Yahweh Sebaot, ye shall certainly drink. For lo, I begin to bring an evil on the city which is called by my name, Mystery Babylon, and should ye be utterly unpunished? Ye shall not be unpunished, for I will call for a sword upon all the inhabitants of the earth. Thus saith Yahweh Sevaot. Therefore, prophesy thou against them all these words, and say unto them, Yahweh shall roar from on high. This is what we read earlier, part of Revelation, right here, right, where he roars as a lion. And this is, and the reason I'm reading this portion of Jeremiah is this scene right here that we're reading in Revelation this sets up the beginning of the day of Yahuwah right and the destruction and utter his voice from his holy habitation he shall mightily roar upon his habitation New Jerusalem he shall give a shout as they that tread the grapes against all the inhabitants of the earth and noise shall come even to the ends of the earth for Yahuwah hath a controversy with the nations he will plead with all flesh he will give them he will give them that are wicked to the sword, saith Yahuwah. Thus saith Yahweh behold evil shall go forth from nation to nation and a great whirlwind shall be raised up from the coast of the earth and the slain of Yahweh shall be at uh, shall be at that day from one end of the earth even to the other end of the earth and they shall not be lamented neither gathered nor buried they shall be dung upon the ground so a couple of things to uh, just we're going to look at one more section of scripture and then we're going to move on from this concept but um It says that he will plead with all flesh, right? And the slain of Yahuwah shall be from one end of the earth even to the other. And here's just one more scene of that. And uh, this is Isaiah 66, 13 through 17. We're going to start with 13 because it's going to show you that at the same time that New Jerusalem comes down is the same time this destruction comes. As one whom his mother comforteth, so will I comfort you, and you shall be comforted in Jerusalem. And when you see this, your heart shall rejoice and your bones shall flourish like an herb and the hand of Yahweh shall be known toward his servants and his indignation toward his enemies. For behold, Yahweh will come with fire and with his chariots like a whirlwind to render his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. For by fire and by his sword will Yahweh plead with all flesh and the slain of Yahweh shall be many. And then while we're here, I got to read this those of you that still are out there eating pork, by chance if there's someone out there still eating pork and shellfish and all these other things, please take this as a warning. This is a prophecy yet to happen. They that sanctify themselves and purify themselves in gardens behind one tree in the midst, eating swine's flesh and the abomination and the mouse shall be consumed together, saith Yahuwah. For more on that, please take a look at Leviticus chapter 11. Okay, so let's move on from this. Now, let's take a look at Revelation 10, 8 through 11 and break that down. So we'll read 10 through 11, then we'll break that down, and we're going to be moving on to the two witnesses. Well, this part here will actually kind of is the entry into the two witnesses, and then we're going to be talking specifically about the two witnesses and their identity and what they will be doing. Revelation 10, 8 reads... Or 10 8 through 11 reads and the voice which i heard from heaven spoke unto me again and said go and take the little sepher which is open in the hand of the angel which stands upon the sea and upon the earth and i went unto the angel and said unto him give me the little sepher and he said unto me take it and eat it up and it shall make your belly bitter but it shall be in your mouth sweet as honey right what's sweet as honey um Psalm 19 says, the Torah is sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. And I took the little sepher out of the angel's hand and ate it up, and it was in my mouth sweet as honey, and as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Now, we know the words of John were prophesied to many nations and tongues and kings he didn't specifically go out and do that this i believe is a foreshadow of what the two witnesses will be doing and um so let's take a look at what this is referencing this is hands down referencing ezekiel 2 through 3 uh, pretty short little passages here but let's take a look at what is actually being said and what will be done ezekiel 2 And he said unto me, Son of man, stand upon thy feet, and I will speak unto you. And the Spirit entered into me when he spake unto me, and set me upon my feet, that I heard him that spake unto me. And he said unto me, Son of man, I send you to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that hath rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me, even unto this very day. How true is that still today? For they are impudent children and stiff-hearted I do send you unto them, and you shall say unto them, Thus saith Yahweh Eloheinu, and they, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are a rebellious house, yet shall know that there hath been a prophet among them. And you, son of man, be not afraid of them, neither be afraid of their words, though briars and thorns be with thee. Right? Fru- fruitless plants, right? Instead of a fruitful tree, which... Psalm 1 says that those that think upon, dwell upon, and do his Torah shall be as trees planted by the rivers of waters. Their leaves shall not fade, and they shall give forth fruits in their due season. Thorns and briars, good for nothing. Good to be uh, rooted up and thrown into a fire. And thou dost dwell among the scorpions. Be not afraid of their words, nor be dismayed at their looks, though they be a rebellious house. And thou shalt speak my words unto them, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are most rebellious. But thou, son of man, hear what I say unto you. Be not, you rebellious, like that rebellious house. Open thy mouth, and eat that I give thee. And when I looked, behold, a hand was sent unto me, and lo, a roll of a book was therein. So now you're starting to see the similarities here, right? Right? and he spread it before me and it was written within and without and there was written therein lamentations and mourning and woe Ezekiel 3 moreover he said unto me son of man eat that thou finest eat this roll right so eat this book and go and speak unto the house of Israel so I opened my mouth and he caused me to eat that roll and he said unto me son of man Cause thy belly to eat, and fill thy bowels with this roll that I give thee. Then did I eat, and it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. We can't deny that this is what Revelation was pointing to. So now, here we are, let's see what the rest of this says. And he said unto me, Son of man, go, get thee unto the house of Israel, and speak with my words unto them. For you are not sent to a people of a strange speech, and of an hard language, but to the house of Israel." not to many people of a strange speech and of a an hard language whose words you can't understand. Surely, had I sent you to them, they would have hearkened unto you. But the house, of, and this is like a reference to like, uh, example is um, Jonah being sent to Nineveh, right? Sent to a, di- uh, a, a land of a, of a different speech, not his people. Guess what? Uh, Jonah said, hey, repent or this place will be done, destroyed in 40 days. And they're like, Okay, we're going to listen to you, right? But did Israel ever listen to the prophets? No. But the house of Israel will not hearken unto you, for they will not hearken unto me, for all the house of Israel are impudent and hard-hearted. Behold, I have made thy face strong against their faces, and thy forehead strong against their sorry, strong against their foreheads, as an adamant harder than flint have I made thy forehead. Fear them not neither be dismayed at their looks, though they be a rebellious house. Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, all my words that I shall speak unto you, the, I'm sorry, all my words that I shall speak unto you, receive in your heart, and hear with your ears, and go, get you to them of the captivity, unto the children of thy people, and speak unto them, and tell them, thus saith Yahweh Elohim, whether they will hear, or whether they, they will forbear. Then the Spirit took me up, and I heard behind me a voice of a great rushing saying, Blessed be the glory of Yahuwah from his place. I heard also the noise of the wings of the living creatures that touched one another, and the noise of the wheels over against them, and a noise of a great rushing. <clears throat> so the Spirit lifted me up and took me away, and I went in bitterness, and the heat of my spirit but the hand of Yahuwah is strong upon me. And so it's interesting that we saw earlier that he ate the roll and it was sweetness in his mouth and then it was bitter in his belly. And here we, he sees here, we see here that you know Ezekiel goes in bitterness in the heat of his spirit, but the hand of Yahuwah is strong upon him. Why? Because quite frankly, when you give a message to people and they hate you because of it, it's like bitterness. I mean, we see a lot of that kind of lamentation from Jeremiah. He's like, you know, everybody thinks I'm crazy. Everybody's reproaching me. Uh, I wish that I would just, be able to just be quiet and not say anything (laughs) but there's a fire in my heart that doesn't allow me to do this uh anyways so i have a feeling that these witnesses will some uh, some of their words will be received but uh, uh we'll see here in chapter 11 that um the most of the world hates them and they were tormented by them so Anyways, with that, we're going to now go into Revelation chapter 11 and talk more about uh, the two witnesses. But remember, uh, the key here is what we're transitioning is he said unto me, you must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. And I do believe that is literally the job of these two witnesses. And so now let's take a look at uh, their identity and uh, more about them. So give me just a moment. All right. Revelation 11, and we're actually going to only be going until verse uh, 6 this week, and we'll be going a little further next week, and we'll be diving um, more into, or the rest of chapter 11 next week, but we're going to be focusing on Revelation 11, 1 through uh, 6, all about the two witnesses And there was, so I'll read 1 through 6 and then we'll break it down. And there was given me a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood, saying, Rise, and measure the temple of Yahuwah, and the altar, and them that worship therein. But the court which was without the temple, leave out, and measure it not, for it is given unto the other nations, and the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. Right? So this is what we are talking about earlier. In Daniel 12, time, times, and half a time. Year, two years, half a year, 42 months, 1260, 1260 days. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy 1,203 score days, 1,260, clothed in sackcloth. These... So now this is the identity. These are the two olive trees and the two menorah, right? The seven-branch candlestick, standing before the Yah of the earth, standing before the Elohim of the earth. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceeds out of their mouth and devours their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed these have power to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy and have power over the waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will so we're going to stop there and we're going to back up and dig into this um, and there's a lot to go over here so this is a really exciting part here so let's talk about the first part this measuring this measuring read the angels um and what's really going on here? And again, uh, Sefer has these two these references here. Let's take a look at them. Um, doesn't add a whole lot to the study, but just to reference them is nice. Ezekiel 40 verse three, and he brought me thither, and behold, there was a man whose appearance was like the appearance of brass, with a line of flax in his hand and a measuring reed, and he stood in the gate. A little bit further down in that chapter, so he measured the court and hundred cubits long and in hundred cubits broad, four square and the altar that was before the house and one more ezekiel 41 13 so he measured the house and 100 cubits long this and the separate pl- uh, place in the building and the walls are of and 100 cubits long so this is the actual measuring now there is a passage actually in the book of enoch which describes this scene right here about the uh, the angels going off uh, measuring um, and yeah there's actually a lot to be said here about this so here we go this is uh this is chapter 61 of the book of Enoch and I saw in those days how long cords were given to those angels and they took themselves wings and flew and they went towards the north and I asked the angel saying unto him why have those angels taken these cords and gone off and he said unto me they have gone to measure and the angel who went with me said unto me, These shall bring in the measures of the righteous, and the ropes of the righteous to the righteous, that they may stay themselves on the name of for forever and ever. So here is a really interesting part that we get in Enoch that we don't get anywhere else. Because um, we, we know the scriptures say that, that Yahusha is the temple. Uh, the book of uh, Peter, in one of his epistles, it says that we are... Um, We're like building blocks, we're like stones um, of this holy habitation uh, for Yahuwah. In uh, Revelation chapter 3, it says that uh, the Church of Philadelphia will be made like pillars in the temple of his uh, Elohim. So, um, certainly, um, the righteous have some part to play in being part of this temple or being part of this house uh, for Yahuwah. Again, a house not made with hands, because man didn't make us right Yahweh made us (laughs) made us um so anyways just interesting point so this is actually saying here um that what they're actually measuring right is the people just keep continuing the elect shall begin to dwell with the elect And those are the measures which shall be given to faith and which shall strengthen the righteous. And these measures shall reveal all the secrets of the depths of the earth. And those who have been destroyed by the desert and those who have been devoured by the beasts and those who have been devoured by the fish of the sea, that they may return and stay themselves on the day of the elect one, for none shall be destroyed before Yahweh Sava'ot and none can be destroyed. This is talking about the resurrection, right? And all who dwell above and in the heaven received a command and power and one voice and one light like unto fire. And that one with their first words they blessed and extolled and lauded with wisdom. And they were wise in utterance and in the spirit of life. And Yahweh Sevaot placed the elect one on the throne of glory. And he shall judge all the works of the holy above in the heaven. And in the balance shall their deeds be weighed and when he shall lift up his countenance to, du- to judge their secret ways according to the word of the name of Yahuwah Sabaoth, and their path according to the way of the righteous judgment of Yahuwah Sabaoth, then shall they all with one voice speak and bless and glorify and extol and sanctify the name of Yahuwah Sabaoth. What a day that will be. That's literally everything we're waiting for. And he will summon all the hosts of the heavens and all the holy ones above, and the host of Elohim, the Cherubim, the Seraphim, and the Ophanim, and all the angels of power, and all the angels of principalities, and the elect one, and the other powers on the earth and over the water. And on that day shall raise one voice and bless and glorify and exalt in the spirit of faith, and in the spirit of wisdom, and in the spirit of patience, and in the spirit of mercy, and in the spirit of judgment, and of peace and in the spirit of goodness right the seven spirits and shall all say with one voice blessed is he and may the name of yahuwah Sevaot be blessed forever and ever and all who sleep not above in the heaven shall bless him all the holy ones who are in heaven shall bless him and all the elect who dwell in the garden of life and every spirit of light who is able to bless and glorify and extol and howl thy blessed name and all flesh shall beyond measure glorify and bless thy name for ever and ever. For great is the mercy of Yahweh Sebaot, and he is long-suffering, and all his works and all that he has created he has revealed to the righteous and elect in the name of Yahuwah Sebaot. So, uh, what a, what a day. And, um, if, uh, for, for your own reading, uh, if you want to continue reading chapters 62 and 63 of Enoch, uh, it just continues to show you that when this happens is also the day of, it is the day of Yahuwah, um, it is the day of the frightening of for the nations, and joy and peace for the righteous and the elect. Uh, also, good reading on that is Enoch 51. We actually read that last week, where it talks about the three groups. It talks about the uh, the obedient, the righteous that are rewarded. It talks about those that believed and called upon His name, but had no works, had no righteousness. Uh, they were still saved. And then the third group, which is the unrepented, and uh, they are absolutely destroyed. So... Let's uh, let's keep let's keep moving. So hopefully you have a little better understanding now about why uh, this angel was given or why this angel had given him a rod and measuring the temple of Yahweh the altar um, and what's kind of going on there. So uh, what is also interesting here uh, the uh, the court which is about the temple. I just you know wanted to look at the Greek on that word um, is it what's it? Allah 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 Ale um, it's uh, translated as palace, hall, sheepfold, and one-time court. So it's interesting to look at. So almost all the uses here was uh, palace, right? Palace of the high priest, the high priest's palace. Um, So definitely talking about here the, uh, the tabernacle. Interesting. So let's move on here. So now the question that everybody asks, right? Who are the two witnesses. And again, for those of you that watched part one, we're on part 13 now, but those of you that watched part one, you already have an idea of where we're going with this, but uh, there's even more information to dive into now than we had uh, months ago. So let's read verses three through four again, and I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score three score days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two menorahs right? The seven branch candlesticks standing before the YAH of the earth. So let's focus on these two verses and drill down and see who the they be. So first of all, we have to go straight to Zechariah 4 because this part, um, the two olive trees, right? The two candlesticks standing before the YAH of the earth is 100% referencing Zechariah 4. And the angel that talked with me came again and waked me as a man that is wakened out of his sleep. And said unto me, What do you see? And I said, I have looked, and behold, a candlestick, all of gold, with a bowl upon the top of it, and his seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps which are upon the top thereof, and two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl, and the other upon the left side thereof. So I answered, and I spake to the angel that talked with me, saying, What are these, my Adonai? And, or my, my Lord, and the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me knowest thou not what these be and i said no my lord then he answered and spake unto me saying this is the word of yahuwah unto zerubbabel saying not by might nor by power but by my spirit saith yahuwah Sebaot. who art thou o great mountain before zerubbabel thou shalt become a plain and he shall bring forth a headstone the thereof with shouting crying grace grace unto it moreover The word of Yahweh came unto me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also finish it. And thou shalt know that Yahweh Savaoth hath sent me unto you. For who hath despised the day of small things? For they shall rejoice, and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel. With those seven, they are the eyes of Yahweh which run to and fro through the earth. So, just real quick, want to pause who this is actually talking about, right? Because we know that Yahusha came through the line of Zerubbabel, through the line, lineage of the kings. Um, right here it says, Revelation 5, 6, And behold, and I beheld lo in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, we know who that is, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of Elohim, sent forth into the, all the earth. So, uh, again, what are we seeing here? Um... Uh, They are the eyes of the Yahuwah, right? Those seven, they are the eyes of Yahuwah, which run to and fro through the whole earth. Then answered I and said unto him, What are these two... Now we're getting to the meat of it now. These are the two olive trees upon the... I'm sorry. Then answered I and said unto him, What are these two olive trees upon the right side of the candlestick and upon the left side thereof? And I answered again and said unto him, what be these two olive branches which through the two golden pipes empty the golden oil out of themselves and he answered me and said knowest not what these be and I said no my lord then he said these are the two anointed ones that stand by Yahuwah of the whole earth so now let's pause and let's break this down <clears throat> first we need us take a look at the interlinear of Zechariah 4.14 which we just read so, uh, right here, so so he said these are the two ones they anointed, right? So let's look at the Hebrew here. It says the two, which is shnei, which means two. Now, why it was translated ones, I'm not sure. It says benei. This means sons, right? You look at it here. The sons, the sons, the sons, the sons, the sons, right? The sons, the children, the sons, right? So why it was translated just the two anointed ones, not sure. But truly, it should be the two sons, right? Hayishar, right? Oil. Oil. The only time it was translated this way was Zechariah 4.14, anointed. Now, it's not wrong, and we're going to find out why, but literally it says these are the two sons of oil. In in the Septuagint, Right in the Septuagint, it says um, it's got a footnote here: "sons of fatness." And it says, and it shows you right here that it's in relation to 11 for, Revelation eleven four: um, <clears throat> the sons of fatness, or the sons of the the fat oil, um, is the, the literal is the literal translation of it. But let's uh, not get too far off topic. Let's go back here now. Let's take a look at what may be going on here who are these two sons of the oil now let's take a look at this let's let me ask you actually let me ask you a question right in the old testament in the old testament what two offices were anointed with oil the priests and the kings Revelation 5, 9 through 10. And they sung a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the book, and to open the seals thereof. For you were slain, and have redeemed us to Elohim by thy blood, out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And has made us unto our Elohim, kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. So, this is, uh, I have to say, I was, um thoroughly blessed to receive this information um because i was i was doing this study and um you know i was just praying and asking you know yada to, to to reveal wisdom because we all know that it's not men who has wisdom it's Yah who gives the wisdom and gives the revelations but uh, some of you know that have been following this uh, stream for these streams for a while is that I'm working on uh, singing the Song of the Lamb. So I was studying this. I took a break and I was singing the Song of the Lamb, which is this right here. They sung a new song, right? Um, And I I was singing it in Kings and Priests. And then I started looking it up and and then uh, was realizing that these are the two offices that are anointed. Let's take a look at that. Let's take a look at the priests. Exodus 30, 22 31. Moreover, Yahuwah spake unto Moshe, saying, Take thou also unto the principal spices of pure myrrh, 500 shekels, and of sweet cinnamon, half so much, even 250 shekels, and of cannabosum, it says sweet calamus, but the Hebrew is cannabosum, they wanted to cover up the truth, I don't know why. Sweet, uh, and of cannabosum, 250 shekels, and of cassia, 500 shekels, after the shekel of the sanctuary, and, uh, and of oil, olive, and hen, And thou shalt make it an oil of holy ointment, an ointment compound after the art of the apothecary. It shall be a holy anointing oil. And thou shalt anoint the tabernacle of the congregation therewith, and the ark of the testimony, and the table and all his vessels, and the candlestick and all his vessels, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burning with all his vessels, and the laver and his foot. And thou shalt sanctify them, that they may be most holy. Whatsoever touches them shall be holy. Now listen, and thou shalt anoint Aaron, Aharon, and his sons, and consecrate them, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. So we see, first of all, the tabernacle and everything contained in it is anointed, and we know that Yahusha is the tabernacle, right? But we see, as far as uh, the two sons, right, the two offices, we have the priest's office that are anointed with this oil. And thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, This shall be a holy anointing oil unto me throughout your generations. And then one more just little uh, snippet here, Leviticus 8:12. And he poured of the anointing oil upon Aaron's head and anointed him to sanctify him. So here is your one son, or one office, and your second office is your king's. First Samuel 9:27, 10 through 1. So just two verses. And as they were going down to the end of the city, Samuel said to Sha'ul, Bid the servant pass on before us. And he passed on. But stand thou still a while, that I may show thee the word of Elohim. Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head, and kissed him and said, Is it not because Yahuwah hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? King. 1st samuel 16:13 then samuel took the horn of the oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren and the spirit of Yahweh came up came upon david david from that day forward so samuel rose up and went to rama right so this is the day that david was anointed king he wasn't made king yet but he was already anointed king one more example 2 Kings 9:6, and he arose and went into the house, and he poured the oil on his head, and said unto him, Thus saith the Elohim of Yashrael, I have anointed thee king over the people of Yahweh, even over Yasrael. So could it be that these two sons are referring to us being kings and priests? There's more to this story, much more. <clears throat> uh, let's uh, let's keep going. Revelation 5:6. Oh, I'm sorry, we already read that, I'm sorry. Revelation 1, 12 through 20. Now, remember, remember, what we're seeing here, we're seeing a vision of, we're seeing a vision of this golden candlestick, and you've got a tree over here, and a tree over here, pouring oil into the candlestick. <clears throat> so, Revelation 1, 12 through Uh, Through twenty, and I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, and clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He, and he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last, I am he that liveth and was dead, and, behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. Now here we go. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the seven angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. So we're getting some interpretation here of who the... Uh, the um, the candlesticks and the olive trees are. Let's keep going. Now, it says that they are standing before the YAH of the earth, right? These two olive trees, right, and the two menorahs are standing before YAH of the earth. So, let's take a look at, uh, there's a lot of examples of this, but I just took a, a few of them uh, to show you who these people are. Luke Twenty one thirty six states watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the son of man so who will be standing before the son of man those that are worthy and i pray that we are worthy i mean i don't know what else to say i pray that we're worthy Deuteronomy ten eight, and at, at that time Yahuwah separated the tribe of Levi to bear the ark of the covenant of Yahuwah to stand before Yahuwah, Right, so we're talking about standing before Yah of the earth. To stand before Yah to minister unto him and to bless in his name unto this day. So so we see um, that uh, priests right or Levites if that at least at that, and um, so we saw earlier kings and priests. First kings 17, 1 Kings 17:1, and Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As Yahweh Elohim of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, right there it is, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And so, what do we know? We know that uh, prophets stand before Yahweh. We know that kings can be prophets. We know that priests can be prophets. Right? Ezekiel was a priest. We saw that uh, Jeremiah was of the priests in Anathoth, right? Right. Many more, many more examples, but I'm just giving you an idea of what's going on here. Second Kings three fourteen, and Elisha said, "As Yahweh Sebaot liveth, before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look toward thee nor see thee." Right. And speaking of Jeremiah. 15 19 therefore thus saith yahuwah if thou re- if thou return then i will bring thee again and thou shalt stand before me and if thou take forth the precious from the vial thou shalt be as my mouth right a prophet let them return unto thee but return not thou unto them so there are some examples of who stands before yahuwah and again as luke twenty one thirty six states um, you know, pray always that you may be accounted worthy to stand, uh, to be, to be. Excuse me, to escape all these things first, and to stand before the Son of Man. Now, talking about escaping uh, is going to be very important when we go over some uh, some verses here in a little bit. So now let's talk about. I mean, if you think about, if you think about, uh, you know, the trees, the, the the olive trees pouring oil into the lamps. Right? Why would you pour lamps? Or why would you put oil in a lamp for light to shine forth, right? And that was a commandment that Yahushua gave to us, which he said, Matthew 5, 16, let your light sh- uh, so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So the, the the lamp that was in the tabernacle that the priests lit all the time, right? That was a symbol of the people bringing forth light, which is what Yahusha uh, taught us, commanded us. And... We'll see here, Leviticus twenty four one through two, and Yahweh spoke unto Moshe as saying, "Command the children of Israel that they bring unto you pure olive oil beaten for the light. Why? To cause the lamps to burn continually. This is uh, um, this is the wise and foolish virgins Matthew twenty five talk. You know, talking about you know uh, some had oil for the light and some had, some didn't." Proverbs 6.23, for the commandment is a lamp and the law, the Torah, is light. So the children of Israel were to bring the oil to put forth the light. It's a symbol of the obedience of the Torah. And the Torah is light and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. Now, let's take a look at uh, the olive tree. revelation 11:4 again these are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the elohim of the earth these are the two olive trees let's zoom in on that we saw this already the seven candle revelation 120 and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven ecclesia the seven churches it's the people psalm but going back to the olive tree psalm 52 8 but I am like a green olive tree in the house of Elohim. I trust in the mercy of Elohim forever and ever. Jeremiah 11, 16. Yahuwah, called thy name, a green olive tree, fair and of goodly fruit. With the noise of a great tumult, he hath kindled fire upon it, and the branches of it are broken. But this is obviously, uh, <laughs> you know, condemnation for the wicked house of Israel at that time of Jeremiah. But in general, right, Yahuwah, called thy name, a green olive tree, fair and goodly fruit speaking of the two branches right the two sticks that were pouring the oil ezekiel 37 16 through 17 moreover thou son of man take thee one stick and write upon it for judah and for the children of the israel his companions then take another stick and write upon it for joseph the stick of ephraim and for all the house of israel his companions and join them one to another stick i'm sorry and join them one to another into one stick and they shall become one in my hand so Hopefully, you're starting to see some of the connections here. All right. Oops. Now, let's take a look at the just a quick connection here in Isaiah five, which says, "This is the par. This is the um, this is the root of the parable of the vineyard that Yahusha taught." It is one of the it's actually the, the reason why I named this channel the way I named it. But now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. And if we look at the interlinear here on that, um, uh, it says, regarding his vineyard, uh, has a vineyard, my well-beloved on a fertile hill. Well, anyway, it says, anyways, it says, uh, Ben, um, you know, uh, Simon, this is, uh, talking about the oil, sons of oil again. So it's just an interesting reference to this, uh, right? Olive, olive oil, olive oil. So it's just an interesting connection here. So once again, showing you who these sons of the oil are. Um, interesting, right? All right, so now let's take a look at, um, let's take a look at some other interesting connections here of the witnesses now here is where um here is where when we talked about uh, i want you to remember this again luke 21 this is a prayer quite frankly we should be praying all day every day watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be be accounted worthy to escape keyword escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the son of man so we saw that the witnesses stood before all the of the earth now let's see who escapes that stands before the son of man now we're going to start here with the coming of new jerusalem and we're going to see how that transitions into who the two witnesses are and uh, what they do so if you haven't realized what i'm getting at yet just to be speak very plainly with you um it's been taught for a long time that the two witnesses are two literal people right but I do believe that number two was a reference to what we read in Zechariah four, the two sons of oil, the two anointed ones. Um, and we're, we've been taught all this time to believe that Moshe, Moses, will come back, and Elijah, uh, or Moses and Enoch, or Enoch and Elijah, or one of the combination. And there's there's a few. There's some. Uh, there's even other names out there. But the com- that's a very common teaching. Um, but I believe that they will be coming in this, sp- I believe it's the house of Israel, right? The two houses of Israel um, that will become kings and priests, right? The two offices that we just saw. And they will be prophesying. They'll be walking in and working in the spirit of Moshe and in the spirit of Elisha, Eliyahu. Um, and I'll explain that a little further here in just a bit. But, um, yeah, so I just want to... S- just say that plainly to you and and we're, let's keep going so here's the coming this is the end times the coming of new jerusalem and shifting over into the duty of the um, the two witnesses the multitude of two witnesses before she travailed she brought forth before her pain came she was delivered of a man child who has heard such a thing who has seen such such things shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day or shall a nation be born at once For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Shall I bring to the birth and not cause to bring forth, saith Yahuwah? Shall I cause to bring forth and shut the womb, saith I, Elohim? Rejoice ye with Jerusalem, and be glad with her, all ye that love her. Rejoice for joy with her, all ye that mourn for her. That ye may suck and be satisfied with the breasts of her consolations, that ye, ye may milk out and be delighted with the abundance of her glory. For thus saith Yahuwah, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river, and the glory of the Gentiles like a flowing stream. Then shall ye suck, ye shall be borne upon her sides, and be dandled upon her knees. As one whom his mother comforteth, so will I comfort you, and ye shall be comforted in Jerusalem. And when you see this, your heart shall rejoice, and your bones shall flourish like an herb, and the hand of Yahuwah shall be known toward his servants, And his indignation towards his enemies. I mean, this this verse right here just kind of explains it all. Like that, when when that day goes down, it's going to be indignation towards the the nations, and it's going to be joy and peace and amazement to his servants. We read this earlier: For behold, Yahweh will come with fire and with his chariots like a whirlwind to render his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. For by fire and by his sword will Yahweh plead with all flesh, and the slain of Yahweh shall be many. They that sanctify themselves and purify themselves in the gardens, behind one tree in the midst, eating swine's flesh, dangerous, dangerous territory, and the abomination and the mouse shall be consumed together, saith Yahweh. For I know their works and their thoughts. It shall come that I will gather all nations and tongues, and they shall come and see my glory. Now, here we go. Remember, those that escape and stand before the Son of Man, right? Remember, those that stand before the Son of stand before Yah, stand before the Son of Man, right? These are the witnesses. And I will set a sign among them, and I will send those that escape of them unto the nations, right? So, he says, I will send those that escape of them, right, unto the nations. So, literally, they're going to escape And then they're going to be sent back out. So once again, I will set a sign among them, and will send those that escape of them unto the nations, to Tarshish, to Pul, and to Lud, that draw the bow, to Tubal, and Javan, to the isles afar off that have not heard my fame, neither have seen my glory, and they shall declare my glory among the Gentiles. This is the job of the two witnesses. Going further, and they shall bring all your brethren for an offering unto Yahuwah out of all the nations, upon horses, and in chariots, and in litters, and upon mules, and upon swift beasts, to my holy mountain Jerusalem. This is New Jerusalem, saith Yahuwah, as the children of Israel bring an offering and a clean vessel into the house of Yahuwah. And I will take of them also a priest and Levites, saith Yahuwah And there's your right, there's there's your office that we were talking about earlier. So it really all connects. Oh, I had this up here always. Okay, so more proof. Isaiah forty three one through fifteen. But now, thus saith Yahweh that created you, O Jacob. We know that Jacob is the name of a patriarch, uh, but uh, also Jacob has, has been referenced as the, the children of Israel. Period. O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, O yesrael fear not. For I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by name, you are mine. When you pass us through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk us through the fire, you shall not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon you. For I am Yahweh, thy Elohim, the Holy One of Yahshua, thy Savior, thy Deliverer, right? Yah is my strength and my Deliverer. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia, and Seba for you. Since you was precious, since you were precious in my sight, you have been honorable, and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your seed from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth everyone that is called by my name for I have created created him for my glory I have formed him yea, I have made him bring forth the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together and let the people be assembled. who among them can declare this and show us former things let them bring forth their witnesses that they may be justified or let them hear and say it is truth Now he's talking to Israel remember you, Are my witnesses, saith Yahuwah, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no no Elohim formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am Yahuwah, and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared, and have saved, and I have showed, when there was no strange Elohim among you, therefore, there it is again, You are my witnesses, saith Yahuwah, that I am Elohim, yea, before the day was, I am he, and there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who shall let it? Thus saith Yahuwah, your your Redeemer, the Holy One of Yashroel, for your sake I have sent to Babylon, and have brought down all their nobles, and the Chaldeans, whose cry is in the ships, I am Yahuwah, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. So again, what we're talking about here, it says I Revelation eleven three says, I will give power unto my two witnesses, right? So who is his witnesses? He says it very plainly here, ye are my witnesses. Ye are my witnesses. And this whole passage here, he's talking about O Israel, O Yashrael, his people, his Kodesh people. Let's read another passage, Isaiah sixty two, five through ten. For as a young man marrieth a virgin, so shall thy sons marry thee. And as the bridegroom rejoiceth over the bride, so shall thy Elohim rejoice over thee. I have set watchmen upon your walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day nor night. Ye that make mention of Yahuwah, keep not silence. He's talking about you. And give him no rest till he establish, till he make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Yahuwah hath sworn by his right hand, right, Yahusha, and by the arm of his strength, surely, I will no more give thy corn to be meat for thine enemies, and the sons of the stranger shall not drink thy wine, for the which thou hast labored. But they that have gathered it shall eat it, and the praise of Yahuwah, and they that have brought it, together shall drink in the courts of my holiness. Go through, go through the gates, prepare the way of the people, cast up, cast up the highway, lift up a standard, for the people now why do i say that the standard right it's like a sign what did we read earlier right here and i will set a sign among them right and this is all about them escaping the nations and going in through the gates through new jerusalem right so let's go back here so cast up the highway gather out the stones lift up the standard for the people right isaiah 26 1 through 3 in that day shall this song be sung in the land of judah we have a strong city salvation will Elohim appoint for walls and bulwarks open ye the gates what the gates to new Jerusalem open ye the gates that the righteous nation with keepeth I'm sorry with, that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in now we have to pause here real quickly just in case you're new uh, Psalm 119 142 defines the true it says right here keepeth the truth thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness and thy law the hebrew word here for law here is torah and thy torah is the truth not a truth not of many many truths not a you know um, a similar similitude of truth no thy law is the truth the torah is the truth so who gets to uh op- go through the gates open ye the gates that the righteous nation which keepeth The truth might as well say keepeth the Torah may enter in. That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Now. Isaiah 11, 11 through 12. And it shall come to pass in that day that Yahuwah shall set his hand the second time, this is the second Exodus, right? The second time to recover the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria and from Egypt and from Pathros and from Cush and from Elam and from Shinar and from Hamath and from the islands of the sea. And he shall set up an ensign, right? A sign, set up an ensign for the nations and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four Corners of the earth. Amen. 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 So now, two more verses we're going to go through and we're going to finish up this study for this week. All right. So, Revelation 11, 5 again reads, And if any man will hurt them, the witnesses, fire proceeds out of their mouth and devours their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. Now, it is really interesting for those of you that have watched the previous um, chapters. You know when we were talking about the the locust army the the army of the horses what what did we see fire devouring men right coincidence maybe but let's talk about this two kings one nine through twelve this is uh, this is elijah right then the king sent unto him a captain of fifty with his fifty and he went up to him and behold he sat on the top of a hill and he spake unto them thou man of elohim the king hath said come down, right, it's It's also interesting that we just saw that these witnesses and the people that escaped were brought unto the hill of Yahuwah, the, the holy hill, New Jerusalem, and here Elijah is on this hill, and Elijah answered and said to the captain of 50, if I be a man of Elohim, then let fire come down from heaven and consume thee and thy 50, and there came down fire from heaven and consumed him and his 50. Again, also, he sent unto him another captain of fifty with his fifty. And he answered and said unto him, O man of Elohim, thus hath the king said, Come down quickly. And Elijah answered and said unto them, If I be a man of Elohim, let fire come down from heaven, and consume thee and thy fifty. And the fire of Elohim came down from heaven, and consumed him and his fifty. So, we have uh, Yah's prophets... His kings and priests calling down fire or breathing fire, as it says. Maybe, right? Again, it says, And if any man will hurt them, fire proceeds out of their mouth and devours their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. Jeremiah 5:14. Wherefore, thus saith Yahweh Sevaot, Because ye speak this word, Behold, I will make my words in your mouth fire, and this people would, and it shall devour them so in jeremiah's days it was a figurative sense in the days to come will it be a literal sense maybe very well maybe so here's another picture of this this is in a book called Two esdras also known as fourth ezra this was included in the 1611 kjv Uh, messiah yahusha quoted it um yeah, it was in the 1611 KJV, the 1599 Geneva, the 1560 Geneva, Um, you know, this is a solid book, but it was removed out of the canon in the late 1800s when they removed the, what was called the Apocrypha, so we're gonna read two Esdras uh, 13, 1 through 11, and then a few other verses, uh, what, yeah, 25 through 28, it's basically a vision, and then we're gonna have a small little interpretation of the vision, so the man from the sea. after seven days i dreamed a dream in the night and behold a wind arose from the sea and stirred up all its waves again those of you that have been with us the last few weeks you know what this wind is what the and what the waves are what uh, the cloud tempest storm and i looked and behold this wind made something like the figure of a man come up out of the heart of the sea And I looked and behold, that man flew with the clouds of heaven. We know what the clouds are, right? And wherever he turned his face to look, everything under his gaze trembled. And whenever his voice issued from his mouth, all who heard his voice melted as wax melts when it feels the fire. After this I looked, and behold, an innumerable multitude of men were gathered together from the four winds of heaven to make war against the man who came up out of the sea. This has a lot to do with what we read last week with the horseman army and the four uh, the four angels holding back the four winds. And I looked, and behold, he carved out for himself a great mountain and flew upon it. We know what that is. It's New Jerusalem. And I tried to see the region or place from which the mountain was carved, but I could not. This is a... Uh, this is a direct reference to Daniel 2 when he talks about the, the, the statue and what the statue meant was the four kingdoms. And then it says that a mountain uh, cut without hands came and broke uh, this, the image and shattered it all to pieces, right? So, and I tried to see the region or place from which the mountain was carved, but I could not because it was not cut without hands. It was cut without hands. After this, I looked and behold, all who had gathered together against him to wage war with him were much afraid yet dared to fight and behold when he saw the onrush of the approaching multitude He neither lifted his hand nor held a spear or any weapon of war But I saw only how he sent forth from his mouth as it were a stream of fire Right what we just saw from jeremiah And again these two witnesses right if any man will hurt them fire proceeds out of their mouth So what are we seeing here? This is messiah But I saw only how he sent forth from his mouth, as it were, a stream of fire, and from his lips a flaming breath, and from his tongue he shot forth a storm of sparks. All these were mingled together, the stream of fire, and the flaming breath, and the great storm, and fell on the onrushing multitude, which was prepared to fight, and burned them all up, so that suddenly nothing was seen of the innumerable multitude, but only the dust of ashes and the smell of smoke. When I saw it. I was amazed. So this is a vision given to Ezra the priest, right? Now let's go for the interpretation. So again, uh, just to just to um, talk about this. So remember, we uh, we uh, read earlier in Zechariah nine, I think it was thirteen through sixteen, talked about <clears throat> the sword of Yahuwah. is you know his it's his bow his arrow Judah Ephraim and his arrows will go forth like sparks of uh, lightning, right? So again, what are we seeing here? We're seeing how sent forth from his mouth as it were a stream of fire and from his lips a flaming breath and from his tongue he shot forth a storm of sparks. All these were mingled together, the stream of fire and the flaming breath and the great storm, we talked a lot about this last week, and fell on the onrushing multitude which was prepared to fight and burn them all up. So let's scoot down here. This is the interpretation of the vision. As for you seeing a man come up from the heart of the sea, This is he whom the Most High has been keeping for many ages, who who will himself deliver his creation, and he will direct those who are left. And as for you seeing a wind and fire and storm coming out of his mouth, and as for him not holding a spear or a weapon of of war, yet uh, yet, yet destroying the onrushing multitude which came to conquer him, this is the interpretation. Which actually I want to read a little more than that. So let's say 35... So we left off at twenty-eight. <clears throat> um, Behold, the days are coming when the Most High will deliver those who are on the earth, and bewilderment of mind shall come over those who dwell on the earth. I can only imagine um, when they see when they see this new Jerusalem, whether again it's a cube uh, or a pyramid or a dome, but it's going to be fifteen hundred miles by fifteen hundred miles by fifteen hundred miles by fifteen hundred miles fifteen hundred miles squared. It's going to be humongous right? So, what do you imagine they'd have a bewilderment of mind about, right? So, a bewilderment of mind shall come over those who dwell on the earth, and they shall plan to make war against one another, city against city, place against place, people against people, kingdom against kingdom. And when these things come to pass, and the signs which occur... The signs occur, which I showed you before. Then my son will be revealed whom you saw as a man coming up from the sea. And when all the nations hear his voice, every man shall leave his own land and the warfare they have against one another. And an innumerable multitude shall be gathered together as you saw, desiring to come and conquer him. But he will stand on the top of Mount Zion. We actually need to read more. (laughs) So, um, what you're seeing here, what you just saw was the new world order right it's a world order so they put down so um, every man shall leave his own land and the warfare they have against one another right so they're going to stop fighting against each other and they're going to come together what do we see in movies like the independence day right um you see how aliens come and the whole world gathers together to unite against this united enemy well don't you think this new jerusalem is going to be the 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 enemy to the nations of course it will be so again An innumerable multitude shall be gathered together, as you saw, desiring to come and conquer him, but he will stand on the top of Mount Zion, and Zion will come and be made manifest to all people prepared and built, as you saw the mountain carved without hands. And he, my son, will reprove the assembled nations for their ungodliness, this was symbolized by the storm, and will reproach them to their face with their evil thoughts and the torments with which they are to be tortured. We read about this last week about how they are tortured, right? Which were symbolized by the flames and will destroy them without effort by the law, the Torah, which was symbolized by the fire. So, there you go. Yeah, so we'll stop there. Any case, so last thing we want to talk about is Revelation 6. These have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power over waters to turn them to blood, and to smite all the earth with plagues and as often as they will so, again, this is why I believe they're specifically going to come in the spirit of um, Moses and Elijah because of what they actually do. Um, and, again, just for those who are still like, nah, I really believe it's going to be two people, Moses and Elijah. Remember um, remember when the prophecy of Malachi that before the great day of Yahuwah, um, I will send you Elijah the prophet. Well, they all all of, uh, all of the people knew that Elijah was to come. So they asked Messiah, they said, you know, why say that the prophets, that Elijah must come first? And Yahushua says, uh, you know, I tell you that Elijah has come already, and they knew him not. But they did did with him whatsoever they listed. Uh, and then it goes on to say they knew he was talking about Elijah. So, um, or they knew he was talking about John the Baptist. So we saw already the a uh, uh, first fulfillment of this, where Elijah was to come back, but he came back, his his spirit came back uh, upon John the Baptist. So I believe the spirit of Moshe and the spirit of Elijah will be poured on a piece on uh, these witnesses. Um, so let's talk about this. And Exodus seven twenty and Moshe and Aaron did so as Yahuwah commanded. And he lifted up the rod and smote the waters that were in the river in the sight of Pharaoh, and in the sight of his servants, and all the waters that were in the river returned unto blood. Right. So. Uh, they have power over waters to turn them to blood, and to smite the earth with all plagues. I mean, we could really, we can literally lead the fir- read the first uh, or a uh, big chunk of Exodus and read about those plagues. Um, and we we've seen and will continue to see that there's plagues all over Revelation that match what's happens and what happens in Exodus. Um, and again, we read this earlier, but 1 Kings 17:1. And Elisha the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As Yahweh Elohim of Yashrael liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Right? So they have these have power to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. So this is why I believe that these witnesses, the house of Yisrael, those that um, that Yahusha anoints to be kings and priests. I believe that they will be prophesying and have the power of Moshe and Eliyahu, Elijah. So, with uh, with that being said, and brothers and sisters, let us again, let us not forget that regardless of all this talk, that it is what's most important is that we have fear of Yahuwah, a healthy fear of Yahuwah, which is the beginning of wisdom. That we've been called to believe unto His Son, Yahusha HaMashiach. We have life through His Son, who is our Messiah, our King of Kings and that we walk as he walked, obedient to the Torah, not being hearers only, but doers of his word, and those who do so will be justified in the sight of Yahuwah. So, with that being said, brothers and sisters, I pray this is a blessing for you, and uh, let's, uh, let's, let's pray, and we will uh, end also with the song of Moshe, which we saw that those kings and priests who are anointed sing the song of the Lamb, and they sing the song of Moshe which I do believe is Exodus 15, uh, performed by uh, Alan Horvath. And um, yeah, just really excited for that song. (laughs) There's so much prophecy in that song. So let's borrow hearts. Heavenly Father, Yahuwah Most High, the Elohim of Avraham and of Yitzhak and Yaakov, we just come before you, Abba, in, in Yahusha's mighty name, And we thank you first and foremost for salvation through Yahusha because we know without him and his offering for us and by his blood that we would not be healed and be reconciled back to you. So we are just most thankful for the relief that you've given us through Messiah Yahusha. We also thank you, Abba, for opening our eyes to the wondrous matters of your Torah. And we just want to continue to be strengthened and to be sharpened and refined by it that we neither deviate to the left hand or to the right hand of your Torah, that we may be found worthy to escape all these things that are coming to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. We love you. We bless you. We pray that you strengthen us in these days as we continue uh, to dive into darker and darker days and let us shine brighter and brighter as this happens. We love you. We magnify you. We honor you. And we cannot wait to see you in Yahusha's mighty name. Amen and Amen. Brothers and sisters, I pray this is a blessing for you, and uh, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you next week uh, when we talk about Revelation. Actually, we'll finish up uh, uh, eleven, and we'll go into Revelation chapter twelve. Shabbat shalom to you.
1: I sing to Yahuwah for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. Yah is my strength and song, and he has become my deliverance. He is my ale, and I praise him. Elohim of my father, and I exalt him. Yahweh is a man of battle. Yahweh is his name. He has cast Pharaoh's chariots and his army into the sea. And His chosen officers are drowned in the Sea of Reeds The depths covered them They went down to the bottom like a stone Your right hand, O Yahuwah Has become great in power your right hand, O oh, Yahoo, has crushed the enemy And in the greatness of your excellence You pulled down those who rose up against you You sent forth your wrath It consumed them like stubble And with the wind of your nostrils The waters were heaped up The floods stood like a wall The depths became stiff In the heart of the sea The enemy said, I pursue, I overtake, I divide the spoil My being is satisfied on them I draw out my sword, my hand destroys them. You blew with your wind, the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you? Oh, Yahuwah among the mighty ones. Who is like you? Great In Kodesh Awesome in praises Working wonders You stretched out your right hand The earth swallowed them In your kindness You led the people Whom you have redeemed In your strength You guided them To your Kodesh dwelling Of Pelasheth, then the chiefs of Eddom were troubled, the mighty men of Moab. Trembling grips them, all the inhabitants of Canaan, Melchid. Fear and dread fell on them by the greatness of your arm. They are as silent. Until your people pass over, O oh, Yahuwah, until the people whom you have bought pass over. You bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance, in the place, Oh Yahuwah, which you have made for your own dwelling the meek dash, O Yahuwah, which your hands have prepared. Yahuwah reigns forever and ever.